0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Everybody. welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. I'm uh, what a great start of the week, man. I am having a fantastic day. The weather is uh, beautiful here in South Florida. Uh, we've got a nice. Uh, we're in the, what we what they call a cold front here, which means um, you know mid to high seventies, and um, there's some, but there is some nice cool breezes coming in off the ocean, so it's not bad not bad um i am very excited for our guest today we've got a uh, he's a fantastic um songwriter and um well singer songwriter i should say and man i hope he doesn't have any i hope he didn't listen to last week's uh, one of last week's episodes because we were he's a graduate of the berkeley college of music and we were talking about that and we might have me and our, uh, our guest, Brianna, last week might have insinuated that they don't party as much as the Musicians Institute out in L.A., but they are very serious, I will say that. Um, so let's see. Let's see if Chris Lee here is, uh, without further ado, a, uh, a serious fellow indeed. Chris Lee, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Teasing you a little bit about the uh, Berkeley College of Music. There, I um, I went to college a million years ago. You probably weren't born yet. Um, there's a very good chance <laughs> of that. Uh, and lived in Dorchester. You know, uh, rode the red line. Had a few wow. friends that went to Berkeley College of Music. And um, they, I had mentioned last week on one of the episodes that uh, you know I was in art school. So all of us weirdos were always trying to. You know, do weird stuff and go to weird parties and everything. The Berkeley folks were very serious. They didn't go out a lot. You know, they were <laughs> knuckle down studying people
2: and um, and yep. very
1: good at what they did. Uh, <laughs> has anything that, changed? That, uh,
2: <laughs> I think that carried. Uh, the trend seemed to carry. I don't know. It's funny because in LA, you trip over Berkeley people pretty much, especially in the industry. Some of the, like even Devin, who I wrote this, Song Flight Risk with is a, a Berkeley grad as well, which um, we, we didn't meet there. But I, I, it definitely was a very, uh, very buckle down and, and do the work. It was partly because, honestly, they I think because music credit classes are so low, we we ended up all getting totally overloaded with work. Like I had eleven classes one semester. So if you weren't, oh you just gosh. fell apart. You know, like it was. Right. It was kind of necessary with with the the workload.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. You, you see, I, I the kids of uh, friends I have now, you know, they're all getting to that age where they're looking at schools and stuff, and uh, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can I can take 15 hours, no problem. I'm like, oh really? Uh, molecular <laughs> biology, huh? <laughs> You're signing <enough> up for that?
0: <laughs>
1: yep. I don't think you understand.
2: <laughs> but no, you know, no, it's, it's a thing. whole different animal. It's a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's what second semesters for. Um, oh my God, the mistakes <laughs> I made! Yep, <laughs> I want to take that bowling <laughs> class now. <laughs> no. Oh man! Oh, well, man. I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks. bad. So let me, me too, ask you this now, You, um, did you? I know you're out in LA now. Whereabouts did you grow up at? Which neck of the woods were you uh, when you were like a little kid and stuff? I grew
2: up uh, in North Jersey, uh, a very small town um, in North Jersey called Essex Fells. Um, It was about 30 or 40 minutes outside of New York City. Um, Mm -hmm. and So, yeah, I grew up there and and working in studios from a pretty young age in New Jersey and New York um, and just kind of falling in love with that that process there, which led me to Berkeley, obviously. Um, But, yeah, definitely not uh, a California native. I just kind of fell in love with it out here, especially – yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to explain too much why it's no. a beautiful state, But yeah. it's also
0: – so when
2: people were like, it's really good for your career, I was like, oh, well, will twist my arm. <laughs> I'll head exactly. out to California. So,
0: I'll tell you, yeah, Chris Lee, New when,
1: Jersey. when I got out of college, I wanted something totally different than Boston. I'm like, I don't want to shovel my parking spot and put a chair in it. I, I need these back opposite. <laughs> So I moved, yep. to, um, I, I moved to San Diego, um, you know, because right. you can't get any further than that. And, um, you know, I went until the land ran out, which means I was in L.A. every weekend. Because San, Di- San Diego is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Don't send me emails to people. I understand. But it's, at least when I was there, L.A. is a little more exciting. And for work and whatnot, I'm not in the music business, but um, I'm in the art world. And it just more stuff seems to be happening in L.A. You know, um, sure. I had to eat. So that's that's where I wound up. But I get you, man. I, oh, man. I, I'll never forget it. I got off the plane um, and something had happened to that arm thing, that, that tunnel thing that they connect to the plane to get you into the, the airport, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it wasn't working or something. Um, and so they they did it old school and they rolled out one of those rolling stairways, you know, like old, movie, mm-hmm. seen old movies, you know, movies. And, you know, I come out the door and I, that Southern California, you know, the ocean hits me and I'm just like, yep. oh, yeah, this is, <laughs> I'm home. I'm home, baby. Yeah, I Which know. It's very I hard went for me to 10 turn years, away from you know. That. Oh, no, man, especially about February. <laughs> Woo, baby.
2: <laughs> but now you got Florida. Nice. That's nice. Yeah,
1: I didn't plan on Florida. I had never really thought about Florida. I came to visit a friend of mine and, um, you know, I went out I went out and met a girl and well, here I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. Um yeah. yeah, that was that was another ten years ago. Jeez. Um, no, but it's it's um, pretty yeah. but I gotta be by the ocean, man. I don't know what it is. Um you know, I grew up in Metro Detroit, uh there was a big lake, uh, but there wasn't any ocean. I, I like living um I like living by the ocean. Yeah, That's it's nice favorite. to have as an access. The access, yeah, just uh, really clearing
2: clears your brain a little bit.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I've lived other places. I lived in uh, Denver, and you know it's nice and everything. Don't get me wrong; I love the mountains. It's nice to visit. I just um, you know, one of those towns I went to for a weekend, wound up staying a year, and you know, uh, but I I like being out on the coast. I like. That. And let me ask you this: when yeah. you were a kid, now, you were saying you you started working in in studios and whatnot. Uh, At a a young age. So you always knew, I mean, music was kind of what you
2: were going to be doing, right? To some degree. I mean, I knew it was always going to be a part of my life. Uh, I always had aspirations to to perform and and write songs and and have them, you know, that be my career in some way. There was a brief moment in high school where I thought about going to college for psychology at Boston College. Really? Um, And that was, yeah, I, you know, I love psychology. And honestly, the reason I landed on music, music and music production was I was interning at a studio in New Jersey. And I remember I was in a... I was in a session and I was just an intern at the time. And I was like noodling in the back on guitar or whatever. And the owner of the studio like took me outside and just screamed his head off at me about me playing in a, in a session. And I remember one of the other interns, uh, my friend Seth at the time was playing in the session too. And I was like, why is Seth able to play in the session? Like whatever. He's like, well, he got into mm-hmm. Berkeley. When you get into Berkeley, you could play such. Like he just reamed me and I was like, wait, what's he talking about? And I, I asked Seth what, he was talking about, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I got into the the music production course at Berkeley." And I was like, "Wait, that's a thing? I didn't know you could do that." And he was like, "Yeah," and showed me the the information. And the more I thought about it, um, music production and songwriting kind of took the things I loved a, about therapy and and that relationship um, of mm. like a, a somebody who's a psychologist kind of helping you kind of go through your life and your story, and I felt like music production and songwriting was kind of a perfect blend of everything I loved. It, it involved technology, which I've always been a big fan of, computers, things like that, and just how things work in that sense. I love kind of therapy and just getting getting to deeper topics and talking about real things with people, and then I love music. So right. it seems like even though psychology was a an amazing thing, I, I felt like I could kind of still do that, but through the lens of uh, art and music production, which I've been fortunate enough to to be doing now, you know, pretty much since then, kind of as full time as I possibly can, you know, with with jobs here and there uh, during Berkeley and college and stuff like that. But I really try to bring that lens in when I'm writing for other artists or myself is just like going going. a a layer deeper than I think a lot of pop music today goes Uh, I think some of it Mm. can be kind of surfaced and I always aim to try to go a a, a touch deeper and I think that that's where the magic really lies Is is, and that's the most human um, connection you can get is when people are are as honest as they can be on records Oh absolutely absolutely
1: and you know it's, it's fascinating like I said I'm not in the music business but man I tell you growing up Growing up where I grew up and at the time every one of my friends was in a band, it seemed like. Um and they mm-hmm. all played guitar, which uh, you know, when they tried to form a band was, was horrible. I'm like, you guys need somebody needs to figure out some other instruments. You can't have twelve <laughs> guitar players. Um, you know. <laughs> we gotta we gotta figure something out here guys. <laughs> they did, but um and then I, when I went to California, a lot of my friends, the people I met and whatnot, were in the uh, movie and TV business. A lot of musicians still, though, in California. A lot of musicians, but it seemed like it was a little more mixed and whatnot. But this, it fascinates me, the whole concept of, like, I've been, during the quarantine, I, I've been watching all these YouTube. There's, there's a fantastic uh, YouTube, I guess, series. I don't know what you call it, maybe a show. It, it, they're, like, half-hour long, 20 minutes, Um called produce like a pro and again not anything that i do for a living or do it at all but i just find it fascinating um to watch i had no idea all the stuff behind the scenes that goes into when you like make a hit song or you know a song in general you know it's uh it's
2: crazy man it's a lot of things nobody would ever think about i mean really what you're doing in so many ways is you're playing with psychoacoustics uh, and you're creating Hmm. depth of field and you're creating an experience and a landscape for people that is in a lot of ways Tricking their brain into thinking they're somewhere that they're not. That that's a huge part of it. Because when you record like a dry audio signal into a computer, it doesn't sound like what the final result is. There's a lot of right. you know technological <laughs> manipulation that goes on. And and I I don't use those words in a negative way. It's just you know the the way that we kind of create surround sound for a movie and there's something behind you. It's not really behind you. Somebody's picking where that's located and adding depth and and using. Um, effects and things like that to give you the illusion of, of and the illusion of maybe a concert or whatever um so there's a lot of like nitpicky details i always i always laugh younger because people be like i want to come to the studio with you and i'll be like no you don't it's like <laughs> i mean you do it's a nice energy and if you can get involved in the creative process and it's super fun in some ways But it's also very nitpicky and very heady, and, like, you have to try things and listen to short periods of audio for long periods of time and, like, really, you know, work out the details, which as you get, you know, more years under your belt, you can do quicker and quicker, but it's still a, you know, still a painstaking operation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh,
2: you know, it's it's how it
1: is with, with so many things, you know, people that... And I'm not trying to piss on anybody's dream or anything like that. You know, hey, if you're into something, find out as much as you can about it, you know, Uh, get into it. Um, You know, you might believe me, you know, when I was 12 years old, I thought archaeology was where I wanted to go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Read some books. I said, no, it's a lot of, I don't think I want to do that.
2: (laughs) Um, A lot of brushing Uh, dirt
1: involved yeah exactly it wasn't my <laughs> my idea of a good time um it certainly was a lot a lot dirtier than indiana jones you know um so anyway, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. But, you know but, but seriously it, and here's you know you put the time in you know what i mean you learn yeah. how uh, to do it and, and you do it up consistently even on days i'm sure where you don't want to do it you know um
2: yeah gotta work yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. showing that's up is half figure. the battle, maybe more than half the battle. Um, exactly. Just doing it and and staying staying involved and you know I mean I think like like so many different art mediums uh, the world has kind of shifted away in some ways of valuing it enough so you kind of have you have to be really passionate about it to stick with it because there are ups and downs like like with everything else but mm. I think specifically in the art world where It takes a ton, a ton of time to get good at something in the art world, whether it's an instrument or it's mixing or it's production, you know, and that's the thing. A lot of, because a lot of artists are trying to do everything themselves, they have to learn like, you know, what used to be eight people's jobs. You know, you'd have a mix engineer, you'd have a producer, you'd have a vocalist, you'd have a guitar player, you'd have a bassist. Everybody's more specialized at a point and everybody put time into that degree on their specific thing. And and they came together. And now I think more and more independent artists are being uh, left to do a lot of that themselves. And and this goes for graphic artists and everything. They have to learn how to create the website and learn how to market Mm -hmm. and learn all the things in hopes of kind of getting above the noise, which in some ways is hard, but in some ways makes really talented people because they've had to, to learn so many things. Um, but it, it's tough. you got to stick in it. And even on the days that, that don't feel as fun you, you and you're kind of bashing your head against the wall trying to figure out one line, um, you you just got to show up and keep doing it.
1: And now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us,
0: This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
1: Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions
0: networking, and more. Metal Babe Man is taking, taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst. Energizing citrine. Colorful fluorite. The other side of the sun. Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS. That's R-O-X-X for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S Earth's treasures brought to light.
1: Hi, folks. Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. a uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. com, .com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you the weird part where you really notice um, when you have it, at least for me. uh, My wife uh, likes to go. We live in South Florida, so, you know, um, and she's from here. She worships at the Temple of Disney uh, before the world stopped, We would go up to Disney World, you know, every couple, three months, something like that, you know, once a quarter, um, take a few days, go stay at a resort, you know. And, um, you know, she, she loves it. we have a great time when we do it. But what happens usually, if I go for more than a couple days, I'll come back and I'll try to paint, and it, it, it ain't that great. It takes me I'll, – I'll usually paint something – and, you know, it's funny, the public don't ever know this. I can look at a painting and say, oh, I was getting my muscle memory back there. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. After a painting or two, you know, I'm just painting like Neo Dodge's Bullets in the Matrix. You know, I'm I'm into it. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, it takes a little yes, time if you go away from your art for a minute. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But somebody like, you know, here's, here's an independent uh, musician that's making cool music, you know, and, and doing this for a living and everything, you're professional doing this. Um, You've you, you mentioned wearing different hats, and you definitely have to. I mean, here you are, you know, you do promotion. You do not only just making the song, which is an encyclopedia of behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody has any idea about, that's just listening right. to it on the radio or whatever. Um, so you do all that. And then it's promotion and uh, proving this or that or, you know, images, all, graphics, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a lot, you know. I think people yeah. still have that mythology and music where they think, oh, you know, the studio, oh, some big studio will sign me and then they'll, they'll just have people do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That kind of isn't the way it works anymore, <laughs> you
2: know. No, I mean, it does <laughs> happen, but there there are some serious, you know, costs to that that aren't seen as well. And, and you know, that's something that I... Oh Berkeley in a lot of ways for for saving me from some pretty god-awful contracts and and things like that. And there's a lot of, you know, even with things like Disney and all these places, they they sign tons Mm. of people and not all those people get that shot. A lot of people, you know, get put to the side and end up getting kind of stuck in, in certain situations. So there are the there are the instances where you sign to a major label and they kind of, you know, you're a priority for them and they do everything they can to get your stuff out. But there's a lot of people who end up just kind of sitting in contracts um, and kind right. of losing some of their good years of creative output. So, you know, there's, there's trade-offs. It's not to say that there's not a right time and place to sign to, to a label or whatever. There's, there's amazing things that can come of that when, uh, an, like, an artist can just be an artist. Um, and it's part of why I started outsourcing some things like, like PR and, and some marketing to other people because, you know, I, I've just been so busy with the actual creation of the art that you need to start to delegate in some way, in some fashion, build a team and, and get people on board. Whether you're signed or not, you still have to have that group of people who's going to bat for you. Um, there's no way Absolutely. you can help you do all of this on your own well. There There is a way you can do it, but not well. Um, and, and that's what I've learned, but, you know, I've spent, you know, I'm 20, 28 now and I've been doing this since I was production. That is, I've been playing music and writing music pretty much my whole life, but producing music and starting to like get the engineer hat on since I was, you know, 13 years old and been at it pretty much every day, uh, with times off here or there, but pretty much every day for the last, you know, 15 years of my life. And just right. now am I getting to the place where I feel confident in some of these other hats? Because mixing is its own profession. Uh, production is its own profession. Playing the guitar and singing is its own profession that requires thousands and thousands of hours to get good at. So, you know, I think what, what we're going to see probably over the next 10 years or so is um, artists who are independent kind of peaking later than than the normal, like, Child star because you know a lot of these child stars they they don't have to do all of those other things right they can just show up and kind <laughs> of them and sing and a lot of them aren't even writing they're being written for and they kind of have this machine army of like people who have been at it for twenty years creating the stuff around them and giving them the illusion of uh, you know that that professional um, that professional edge it, it's not like mm. they're they're coming in and producing hits at 18 years old or 17 years old. It takes, some are, but it takes a long time to get to that point. So I think you're going to start seeing with like the rise of independent artists and social media and the the ability to kind of promote on your own and and without the machine kind of uh, giving you the, the green light to go ahead. I think you're just going to start seeing artists kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit later than we're used to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, Well, it's interesting, you know, it's interesting, and, and, you know, I don't know, everybody, I've said this so many times, you know, a lot of people, I'll meet people, young people, or people, I shouldn't say young people, people that want to get into the the music business, you know, be doing what you're doing, uh, because it's just so easy, no, I'm kidding, of course, Uh, but no, you know, you meet people, and I think a lot of people have watched too many uh, of the competition shows, like, uh, you know, The the Voice or American Idol or whatever, and they kind of think, oh, well, that's just how, you know, you just, you go win a competition. And, you know, it's interesting um, uh, that the people that have had mainstream success after those shows, I think really you can count on maybe one hand, maybe two. Yeah. Um, I know personally probably a ton of people. I'm thinking seven or eight people pop into my mind right now um, that went pretty far on those shows you know, didn't win the whole thing, but they went pretty far, close, and um, they're struggling and hustling to, you know, before the pandemic and whatnot, to line up gigs, you know, and and waiting tables and doing whatever they got to do, even with that boost. So, it just goes to kind of show, you know, uh, you still have to work, and I know I sound like an old man, you know, but I haven't found an easier way, yeah,
2: no, <laughs> no, you know. No, Work, work is work is the thing. Even with these people who are getting big on social media and stuff like that, because I know several friends who have like had some success on social media, and it, it can look right. easy, but it's it's very very time consuming. You have to put you have to make it your job to do it, and there's no payment up front from that. You got to put it in right. and hope that <laughs> you kind of win the lottery there. Um, and that's what it's predicated mm. on. No, I mean, the, the thing is, the, the illusion that's happened is the barrier to entry is lower, but that doesn't mean the barrier for success is lower. Um, the barrier right. to entry to put music out online is way lower. You can kind of upload something right away. Does that mean that people are going to flock to it and listen immediately? No. In fact, the, the barrier, that threshold of success, I think has actually gotten higher with more people entering the arena because you have some people who you have more talent entering the arena of course because more people can and there's less limitations and and geographic limitations and technological limitations right so you have more talent entering Mm -hmm. the pool but then you also have more noise entering the pool of people who just got a you know a mic quickly and put up kind of a crummy sounding song um and there's millions of instances of that so there's more noise there's there's less signal um, but there's more talented people also getting into the pool. So I would say that even though the barrier to entry has gotten lower, the actual threshold that you have to cross to be in the public eye and successful has gotten much higher.
1: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy in, in
1: so many ways, but here, and I want our listeners listen to what Chris Lee is saying, uh, especially if you're, you know, wanting to get into this business and whatnot, um, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying that at all. I, I you know, hey, follow your dream, man. Um, I'm the first person to tell people that. But be realistic right. about it, and 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 be realistic on the time. Right? Like you said, you've been doing this, man, fifteen years. You realize you could have become a doctor twice in that of amount of time. You know. Um, yeah,
2: it's a lot of work. Yeah, you have to you have to want to put in the work because that that's what it is. Because I remember even when I got to Berkeley. Um, I realized very quickly that I wasn't going to be the best instrumentalist in the world because I had friends there who were practicing 15 hours a day, like no joke, every day of the week. They would wake up, they'd get breakfast, they'd go into a rehearsal space, and they wouldn't come out for 15 hours, and then they would come out. Mm. And, and, you know, these people were insane. I, I was watching them do things on those instruments that I've, you know, never seen anybody do or even imagined. That could be done. I remember a friend of mine at Berkeley. His name is Joe Cleveland, and he's a bass player. and now he's, he's uh, doing music director stuff for everybody in the industry, like every big artist. But that guy was putting in, you know 15, 20 hours a day on his instrument and constantly playing and you know, never stop. And you have you realize at a certain point that you know, and you don't need to get that good to necessarily have success. You know, not all pop right. music or music out there requires like an astrophysics level of education on an instrument or something. But it, there is those people who are putting in those time that time and who care about it that much. Um, and if, if you're not caring about at least one aspect or one discipline of yours that much it's, it's going to be tough to break through. You might have some, some luck and success and people have that all over the place. It's kind of like a a balance of, you know, preparation meets opportunity. But, you know, it's, you have to be willing to work and, and put the time in because it's not all glamorous. And a lot of the people we see that make it put in years and years of, of time and struggled through some really hard stuff to get there. And, and the reason I did it, it's not because I, I – didn't want to go to school for psychology, or or I didn't see the value in getting a job that made more money every year. But I understand the value of art. And I understand that as a society, we undervalue the benefits that we all Mm. receive from art. I remember kid, you know, parents in my town, I I grew up in North Jersey. So there was a lot of people on Wall Street, bankers and and people who who loved what I did and they loved the music I made, but they were like, "Are you sure you want to dedicate your life to music? It's really hard to make a living." And I remember uh, I dealt with that question so many times that one of the parents who asked me that, I just went, "Well, who do you want to make it? Who who do you want? If if you don't want me to make it, you think I'm good? You think I, I have a good uh, lens on it? Mm. Who do you want to make it?" And I think that that's the question we need to ask society as a whole. Like, if this isn't if this isn't uh, a valuable career path, right? How do we make it valuable so that good people, good talent, smart people who who are have a good view on the world get into this stuff? Because at the end of the day, it's the stuff that's raising our kids. It's raising society. So you know, many people start companies on the backs of art. You know, Apple was was created, and, and Steve Jobs was a huge fan of Bob Dylan. And without Bob Dylan kind of putting his whole heart into what he did, you might not have Apple. You might not have these companies. You might not have, you know, the tech revolution from, you know, the hippie generation and all this stuff of music that was inspiring people to kind of come together. So that, that's kind of the question I've been asking for years is, like, if, if there's not these people who see the value in art and see the value in, in transmitting human stories via a canvas or, you know, via music or whatever right. – who do, what, what are we going to be left with if we don't make this uh, a path that people can succeed at and thrive in? Who, what music is going to be influencing our kids and, and ourselves and our emotions? And I think we're starting to see some of the negative impacts of that even now where things are becoming more homogenous mm. and there's not people going deep and, you know, in, in the art world outside of music, too. And I think we really need to ask ourselves as a society, what do we want to be left uh, being inspired by?
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, it reminds me, what you just said reminds me of a meme that was very, I saw it going around social media a little bit um, mm-hmm. last year when the, when the pandemic was in full swing, everybody was at home, you know, and, um, and nobody, you know, people were you know worried. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Nobody dealt with this. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, and there was a lot of crazy stuff happening, um, you know, but I saw this meme and it said, you know, Remember when all this is over, that movies on your and music on your streaming sites, you know, uh, books, um, art, you know, paintings, all of that kept you through this. You had that to rely yeah. on, you know. That was the constant um, when everything else was chaos. And you know, there's some truth in that. <laughs> there's some Absolutely. Truth. I tell you. It's- Chris Lee, when I went to Paris for the first time, I'd never been to France. This was, I don't know, 20-some years ago. And um, I had to go over there and give a lecture on pop art. And, you know, it was very exciting at the time and everything. But it was very, I tell you, culturally it was interesting. Um, You tell people you're at a dinner party there or you're out to eat or some people ask, you know, what do you do? Oh, I do this. And they treat you like you're a doctor or something, you know. Here you (laughs) tell people, oh, you know, I paint people. Uh, they're like, oh God, hide the silverware, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Let me move my daughter out of the room. Uh, you know, it was right. well, very. That's... It's exactly kind of what you're saying. Are you sure you want to focus on this? You know, I don't right. know. Accounting's much more uh, secure. Uh, well, it depends. Right. <laughs> you know, it depends. Yep. It's not nearly as but fun, and the now... party's not
2: as good. They're definitely not. (laughs) But but it's so true. And, And I think it's like it's part of a broader issue of kind of measuring the success of a society strictly on GDP and one currency when there are multiple forms of currency that make the world move. And when you omit some of the fundamental ones like connection and art and, you know, other forms of intelligence besides mathematical intelligence and linguistic intelligence, you're, you're left prioritizing a very small subset of things. And you end up like with a situation where like New York has become very corporate. I remember like when New York was very musical and like, it was an epicenter, and now you're left with J.P. Morgan chases and kind of a lifeless society of people managing numbers and figures. And, like, while that is important and economic prosperity is important, I'm not even saying it's not, the, the weight needs to be distributed, I think, outside of that. And I think the reason you have that experience in, in a place like France is because it's got such a deep, rich history of art and they fundamentally right. understand that, whereas the United States was kind of built on this very big machine of of currency and and that has become prioritized, and uh the other stuff has kind of fallen by the wayside just by by it not generating enough uh g d p to be prioritized absolutely absolutely,
1: well, you know speaking of the pandemic and whatnot, I was looking um uh, man, we uh, we got in some heavy duty stuff. I had joked with you earlier before we went on the air. I'm like, you know, my little joke, oh, we're going to talk about politics, you know. Um, <laughs> and here we are in this very deep conversation. I love it. So, I, I man, this is one of, this could easily turn into one of those three hour Joe Rogan sessions. You know what I mean? I like to talk <laughs> about this all day. But I know we can't. J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S
0: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Support for this podcast
1: comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years.
0: and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend, so please, Visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com, to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us.
1: Your next your next single is um, Flight Risk. Now, it's not out yet, but it's going to be soon, right? It's out now. It's out. Oh, it is out now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're out. Out and about. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, you hear that, folks? It's out. You can get this. We're going to play it here in a second, but I wanted to, um, uh, before we uh, to kind of lead into it, uh, as I understand it, uh you kind of wrote this during the uh the pandemic and whatnot during during yep. those t- trying times
2: wow yep. it was around um sept- i think September or end of august of twenty twenty and in l a it was um it was really you intense guys had weird out there. Um, yeah it was intense there was a lot of protests and there was a lot of uh you know the our like, Trump was president, and people were upset about that. And it was just very tense. Right. You could feel the tension in the air. There was a lot of what seemed like fireworks going off all the time. But at the at the moment, you didn't really – you didn't feel super safe. Um, I was worried. I, I felt like there was a part of me that needed to get out of L.A. and go somewhere else. And, you know, um, uh, me and my girlfriend lived together, and I was just worried about her safety mm. and my own. And, and I, this, oh, this song – kind of came as a result of that, uh, that feeling. And and the first kind of, it's funny because it, it feels overall, it's a very energetic song and, and you can be left feeling very positive, but there's also like some fear and anxiety that's embedded in that record. Really the first verse is more like anxiety and fearfulness and feeling like I needed to get away. And then the second verse is kind of leaning more into love and the people around you and, and, uh, and leaning on that to get you through a hard time. So kind of it can connect with you in, in kind of whatever state you're in. I remember early on when we wrote it, it was it was uh, connecting with me on more of, you know, the fear side of things when I wasn't feeling super stable out here and things were a little chaotic. And then once things started to clear up and that we started making progress and things started opening back up a little bit more, it took on more of a triumphant, kind of feel um which is fun you know it's 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 a fun record it's upbeat um and you can get really into it but i I loved this song so much because it kind of straddled that line i think so well um and it really connected with with me and uh my two co-writers um who wrote it with me uh in a very deep way at the moment that's fantastic well here it is everybody without further ado this is flight risk Check this out.
0: Talking to the
2: wall for an hour, maybe more. I've been asking for some answers, trying to
0: understand it all. Where
1: You know, the the anxiety level of, of that um, uh, going into it and whatnot. But, man, I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I mean, I get what you're saying and everything. That's such a nice track. That, that is my summer track of 2021, uh, of coming good. out of the tunnel, you know? Yeah, good. that's I'm a glad. good track. That's why we put it I out. Like we you. felt like that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, very, very cool. Let me ask you this. Um, when uh w- when you wrote this and everything now it is out have you have you are you think there's going to be a video for it or um uh, what's your you
2: know, thoughts with, with what, everything with COVID, it's been that? very hard to shoot it's been very hard to shoot hmm. some things with, with uh the pandemic um and the way california has been going but hopefully we can get something soon um you know i had a for the, the next single I'm putting out, we, we shot a video we're partnering with uh, a company to to promote uh, mental health nice. charity and stuff nice. like that. So we were able to fit that one in after reworking the uh, the the actual uh, treatment so many times because we had to keep stopping earlier in the year. 2020, <laughs> the fires were getting crazy in L.A. We we had a day scheduled and went outside and the sky was black and we were like, well, eh, we're not oh, filming today. God. So. It's just been uh, it's been up and down, but I would love to shoot something for this. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to do that in the next month or so as things open up. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah.
1: When do you think that single, because I'm asking this selfishly, because I want to hear more. Um, I'm such a big fan <laughs> of your, your work. Um, when Thank do you think you. that single will be dropping? Next couple
2: months? I'm probably, yeah, next couple months. I'm probably going to be dropping uh, stuff probably a single like every six to eight weeks is kind of what I'd nice. like to keep up. I'm, I've been kind of a perfectionist for long enough, and now it's time to to let things go a little bit and, and put some stuff out in the world. And, you know, what I'm excited about right now is this, it's a wide range of different types of music. Like there's some more pop, some more ballad stuff, some more R and B and just kind of me exploring like a lot of, uh, mm. a lot of sides of my artistry. I, I grew up in tons of different types of studios and love all different types of music. So, you know, I'm just excited to get a lot more out there.
1: I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, we're, we're,
2: as a fan, I'm
1: excited to hear more. Um, That's fantastic. I think that's, you know, six to eight weeks is a good, that's a nice, um, it's not too long. So you don't fall off of uh, people's scopes, you know, Yep. but but then again, it's not lost, you know, Oh, you're putting so much out at, Sometimes you gotta wait a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah, but not too much. That's the th- you gotta find that balance. It's uh, and I think that's a good balance to find and whatnot. Very, very. I appreciate cool. that. Um, well, yeah, 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 man. It, it's just a good strategy, I think. You know, um, I want to let people know too about your website, Chris Lee Music, and that's Lee with two uh, E's. So let me yep. let me spell it out for everybody. Uh, everybody, grab a pencil or pen, whatever you got, no, sharpie, whatever you got, uh, com. And on there, we yep. also have links to your social media, but you also on your website have
2: links to all your social media as well. Yeah, all the socials uh, are, are on the website, but it's just Chris Lee Music across most platforms, and I would say kind of nice. everybody. I'm, I'm most active on – on Instagram. That's kind of where I put most mm-hmm. of, you know, new updates and you can kind of uh, keep track of what I'm up to and what studio I'm in and all that stuff. I, I I'm pretty active on there. As As far as the other ones, I'm not as active. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like my brain can only focus on one at a time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, my wife's that way. My, my wife has like all, all of them in every but she's only on Instagram. And, you know, I asked her, I yeah. said, well, what about Facebook? And she's like, well, quit being an old man, number one. And number two, <laughs> uh, she goes, I'm sick of seeing people. I, you know, all they do is like watching fail videos. Yeah. It's just people falling down. It gets old after about a day.
2: Well, yeah, I feel what like I there's an arc is- to all social media where it starts out like really fun <laughs> and cutting edge and then somehow leaps right. into political dystopia in, in like within five years. Well, exactly.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, I don't know. I
2: mean, I, I've i
1: had this conversation with, with so many friends and whatnot, you know, um, oh, were there always all these crazies around and we just didn't know about it? I guess there were, you know, I don't know. Um, just well, everybody's got yeah. a megaphone now
2: you know and an and, and we're all being uh we're all being uh in, information biased and tons of stuff is entrenching us further in in our beliefs and stuff like that and we're not talking to people as much and i think it's a it's right. a combination of stuff you know and I, I think the the most important thing we can do is to continue to connect with people um because that's the stuff i mean we're all the same you know like at the core we're mm. all the same, same type of person and i think uh it's really important to remember that by being around people and making sure that we connect with people instead of kind of being so quick to judge each other for our beliefs. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And if somebody's you know got something to say, you don't have to agree with it or whatnot. Uh show them the respect of at least listening to what they gotta say. You'd like it if somebody did that to you. You know? Absolutely. Real simple. You know. Absolutely. Um, they might have a point. Who knows, you know? Um I don't know. It's, it's a weird world. And man, if, if you're getting worked up over, you know, the little five and 10, five and dime store down here wanting you to wear a mask to go in, dude, you got a lot of free time on your hands. Put that to better use. I know, right? You know, um, it ain't that big a deal, man. Nobody's asking you to you know, donate a kidney or something. Although, if you have one, maybe somebody needs it. No. <laughs> kind of. Um, now I'm going to get an email from the kidney people. Quit joking about yeah, donating to You need as many as we you're can You're going to have the kidney lobby after you. That's right, the kidney, the kidney lobby. Oh my, I bet there is one. Oh, my gosh. Unfortunately. That's cool. Well, Chris, Chris Lee, this is fantastic. Um, you know, you're, you're making music. We didn't even talk about, you know, I'm going to have to have you back on the show again uh, because there's sure. so much we didn't. We, we skipped over the whole you know NBC Songland season two and all that, and um, you writing the winning boys to men song love. Stry- you know, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it's
2: been a wild year, man. But that that's still out there. <laughs> if people want to watch it, it's on Hulu and all these other streaming services. Uh, Songland is a great show. I've, I've had many people reach out and say they they got really uh, into it. Um, over over the pandemic, there's two seasons out, and it's just a fun way of, like, getting to see how people write songs for bigger artists and what the process is like, and there's a lot of really talented people. Actually, one of the people I wrote Flight Risk with, Keegan Boss, he won the Julia Michaels episode uh, of Songland, um, which was also a wow. phenomenal episode. If people want to check his stuff out, he's a phenomenal artist and writer as well. So, yeah, it's fun. I mean, if, if anybody's looking to see kind of how the songwriting process goes, it's it's uh, up there in in the uh, internet world of things. You can check it out on Hulu and stuff like that. And mine's uh, the Boys to Men episode in season two, but there are tons of episodes that are really phenomenal, and and it's a fun show. That is so cool,
1: and I think it's cool too that it brings attention to songwriting in general. I have a very good friend of mine yeah. um, in the country music world that, um, and that's what she does. She writes. She's a songwriter. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't go on tour. She doesn't have to wear uncomfortable shoes. You know, she uh, she does her thing from her very <laughs> big house with a circle driveway. That's all I'm saying. If you do it right, you yeah. can do all right with that, you know.
2: We'd yeah, like we would all like a nice
1: circle driveway. Well, exactly. There's less grass to mow, you know, for the gardener. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Chris Lee, I'm running out of time, man, but this has been so much fun keep doing what you're doing. You're super good at it. You know, super good. Thank at you it. I really appreciate fiery. that. Absolutely. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. thank you for having me. And thank you for, for being willing to, to kind of go deep and, and talk about all these things. I, I think it's really important that, that we all uh, go a little bit deeper than the uh, surface comments on online these days, especially with, with everything that's going on in the world. So I appreciate you uh, having the ability to go there and being willing to.
1: Absolutely, man. Anytime. Anytime. You're working. Uh, I, oh, yeah, that's right. You're, you're with uh, Trend PR. How cool is yep. that? They are like the best in the business, man. I really, really dig them. Um, and you're working with Amanda over there and, uh, and the yep. gang. Um, yep, I'm going to be talking to her, and uh, we'll be getting you back on here in a couple months when the next awesome. single
2: uh, drops. Very cool. That'd be great, man. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll go deep again. We'll go deep again.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah. Very
1: cool. (laughs) Everybody, this episode will be converted to a podcast. It's going to be uh, pushed on all the various social media platforms. Uh, You can listen to it however you want to, Spotify, Panda, whatever. Uh, It's on them all. And uh, it'll also be on all the social media platforms as well. So very, very cool. Check out our advertisers. They uh, are also very cool. And use their codes. They all have a code uh, when we add the commercials. You'll you know use code such and such, and uh, you'll save some money and whatnot. And then you can go over and buy Chris, Chris Lee's uh, latest single, Flight Breath. How about that? See, it all works out. It's the circle of life. Uh, I
2: love <laughs> it. I love it. Yeah. Very cool, everybody Uh, uh, Say say hi on socials, too If you guys want to say hi And and shoot shoot me a message, I'd love to chat with you
1: There you go How about that? See, there you go There you go Um, Very cool, well, we will see you next time, everybody Have a good one, keep your powder dry Bye
0: Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks, the Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto.
1: Hey, Hicks from uh, Sveje. Ocneal is not the Pop Rocks Radio. Made Jamie Rocks.
0: Love Talk Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved,
1: we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry,
2: we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>